This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, good evening, this is uh, Totally Wired on Fresh FM. It's Sunday, the 12th of December, 1981, and that was Kraftwerk, and uh, two tracks, Numbers and Computer World 2, from the album Computer World. Computer the future, Jack, do you know? Mm, yeah, I know. They are. They're really going to change the world. Ironically, uh, Kraftwerk had no computer at the time of ma- making Computer World. <laughs> Did they not? No. They didn't use computers. Mm. Well, all, all the better for it then, I think. Mm. Yeah. Well, once they did get computers, I'm sure they just loved them, didn't they? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Meanwhile, in 1981, there were a lot of um, electronic bands that are really uh, coming into the United Kingdom. Yes. Mm. Electro-pop was kind of starting. It had started in 1979, I think, with um, Gary Newman's Our Friends Electric. Yeah. Becoming a number one hit. Yes. Uh, And then everyone else started sort of following suit, and it took... Yeah. About two years for them to really hit the charts. Yeah, I'm going to play lots of pop music this evening, you know, upbeat kind of stuff, which was interesting at the time because it was quite a depressing time in the UK. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a happy lots of unemployment and stuff, and you know, the unions and stuff. Mm. But people wanted to have, I, I guess, a, an outlet. I guess. Well, no, th- there were like two ways that people went. There was the pop music and then golf. Yes, that's and right. Some people chose the dour side, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess some people chose to be embroiled in the misery and others <laughs> chose to sort of ignore it and go into this yeah. more sort of happy place, happier music. Yeah, I, I mean, guess that life, just shows... Life's bad, so let's just dance and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's two different responses to a bad situation, I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Perhaps we'll hear more about that. I'm going to play some dour stuff now, uh, the specials and Ghost Town.
the specials and ghost town do you remember the good old days before the ghost town that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, I, I spoke i've spoken about this before but you know these nostalgia nights that occur uh you know I, when i first saw a 70s night and a 60s night and then an 80s night yeah when i saw an 80s night i thought why would i want to go back to the 80s because it was horrible <laughs> you know i dress like something out of the 80s and listen to 80s music but and then uh, I told you last year I saw a 90s night yep you know mm. I just thought wow I'm getting really old and a 90s night's probably okay actually isn't it oh yeah um, uh, yeah I I mean uh, I mean nostalgia's not great anyway well it? when I look at the 90s I think um, gosh Bill Clinton was not that great of a president and there was lots of um, people there were a lot of political music in the 90s actually uh-huh. a lot of I mean, Rage Against the Machine was one of the biggest bands in America. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't think I don't think they play that at nineties night, Jack. Would they? Mm, would they? I don't think so. Why not? Because uh, because I don't think they would. <laughs> you wouldn't get to you know. <coughs> I associate the nineties with a lot of aggressive rock bands, so I don't know. They probably wouldn't play like God Save the Queen at the seventies night would they oh, but the or Sex Pistols are so important to the 70s and yeah, the music and I'm just saying that that sort of night you're not going to hear Race Against the Machine anyway. oh, okay. there's no point going to those nights <laughs> then there's not, no point in going Jack no. nope no. and you'll be going there and there'll be all these like 50 year olds I think I understand why you don't like the idea hours. of 80s <laughs> nights and whatnot. well I can see the nostalgia bit but if you lived it then why would you want to live it again I guess anyway what else happened in, that, hmm. in this year this fine year tell me some more things um, I guess I could talk about um, how we're going into the future now with the De- DeLorean cars debuting. <laughs> so that, those gold wing sort of doors that you could see in on that car in the Back to the Future, yeah, that's called a DeLorean car. Yes, and um, it was designed do you, do by. Do you like that car? Um, no, not that much, but I do. Would you like, would you like to drive one? Or? I wouldn't mind driving drive one. one. I'd rather drive that than. Um, any sort of modern car. Modern cars just look all the same and boring. Because you've just bought one of those phones that flip open, haven't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did. Like the car's a bit like that, isn't it? It kind of hmm. flips open. I don't like the design of the DeLorean as much as some other ones, but yeah. anyway. Uh, it was designed by Giorgetto Giugavio, and as usual, Italians make all the best-looking cars. Um, he worked for Alfa Romeo, BMW, Fiat, Maserati, and... The DeLorean was only manufactured for two years, and about 9,000 vehicles were produced in total. Uh, 
the company quickly ran into uh, financial troubles when John DeLorean was charged with conspiracy to smuggle drugs. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> like like uh-huh. you do? Yep. I mean, like you do. Well, uh, I haven't yet, but... And somehow the, the car could have just faded into obscurity, honestly, but... Uh, when it was featured in the uh, back to into the in the nineteen eighty five film Back to the Future, uh, mm. it became iconic. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jack. We're going to play some uh, some eighties music now because it's nineteen eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. Yeah, soft cell.
Totally wine on Fresh FM hosting our own 80s night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Soft Cell and Tainted Love. And where did our love go? Yeah, we've got the music, we got the clothes, we got the um, unemployed depression. <laughs> we've got everything. We've got everything. I like, to, I like to think in my mind, if there was anyone listening to this program, which I don't think there is, 
And I really often say that, mm-hmm. but I really don't think <laughs> who's possibly listening. But there might be some 50 somethings who were, you know, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is great. I'm dancing around a bit. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Probably not. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, so take us to Sheffield and the birth of electronic music. Yeah. So in the UK, for some reason, Sheffield kind became of. the centre of um, electronic music in the UK. Uh-huh. And the pioneers, the band that was mostly responsible for this, was the Human League, who started in 1977, and um, they were seen as the future of pop when David Bowie <laughs> saw them and said, I have seen the future of pop music. Yeah. And so um, they got a lot of attention. They got signings, they got record deals, they got a lot uh-huh. of support, uh-huh. and they worked hard for two years and saw no success. It was um, uh, kind of... Um, it must have been hard for them to go through. And meanwhile, uh, Gary Newman became UK's ele- new sort of electronic pioneer when he released Our Friends Electric and got immediate success. And then also, meanwhile, the undertones insulted the Human League with a lyric in the song Perfect Cousin, where they said, his mother bought him a synthesizer, got the Human League in to advise her. Now he's making lots of music, playing along with the art school boys. Yes. Hmm. That was a good lyric, that. Yeah. I mean, to, to rhyme synthesizer with advisor, mm. that's very good. The other times were good like that. Yeah, yeah they were. The other yeah. times. Mm. So, um, two members, two, um, two of the members of the Human League, Martin Ware and Ian Craig Marsh, left to form Heaven Seventeen two weeks before a UK Europe tour mm. for the Human League, and they couldn't. You know, um, the remaining member Phil Oakey couldn't pull out of the tour, yeah. and then promoters were threatening to sue Oakey. Hum- the media said that. Human League was now done for and that the talent peop- talented people had left mm-hmm. so uh, Phil Oakey was just left out in the open what could he do? So he was so desperate to find new members he tagged along his girlfriend to go to a nightclub yeah. and he saw two high school girls dancing on the floor and with no preamble he just approached them and said do you want to join the Human League? Yes. Uh, these girls had no vocal and dancing expe- expertise. <laughs> they didn't even know who the Human League were. Well <laughs> maybe, they might have done. But maybe yeah, but yeah. Um, their names were Joanne Cafferell and Susan Ann Sully. Uh, they were best friends. He was only looking for one girl, actually, to do the backing vocals, but right. he just bought both of them because they were kind of just came as a package, I guess. Yeah. And then he had to get their parents' permission to go on tour around yes, Europe. Of course. Uh, they survived the tour, thankfully, but they got lot, booed a lot and they even had a few things thrown at them because the people just didn't, you know, approve of the two high school girls yes. and then the media. Um, mocked Oki for bringing on two high school girls but they were actually really professional about it yes and because they were so professional Oki signed them on and while the girls were still attending school in 1981 and finishing their sixth form exams um, Oki recruited more instrumentalists he brought them to them in all to record somehow they survived the year and then in October of 1981 they released Dare and finally after so much hardship for this band this album got to number one for four weeks Stayed in the charts for 77 weeks and went triple platinum. Yes. It was the future of pop music. Finally, the Human League was able to survive. Someone new 
Heaven 17 and Penthouse and Pavement before that Human League and Don't You Want Me uh, so, the, so the Heaven 17 recruited a, f- a female singer who could sing and the Human League didn't mm-hmm. but the Human League did better uh, yes they did <laughs> I mean look, as you were saying you know, she she could hold a note in the Human League but mm. that, but know, Heaven 17 singer was clearly yes uh, a singer better as a singer yes yeah. Heaven 17 did okay but they weren't as successful probably as Human League they didn't become as successful they attained success in 1983 but 1981 was not a good year for them as they their debut single We Don't Need This Fascist Goofang uh, got banned by the BBC yes because it libelled Ronald Reagan. It did, yeah. 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 Saying that, oh, yes, he's introducing fascism to the United States. Yes. Oh, what a bad man. I especially <laughs> hated his very fascist move to appoint the first woman uh, uh, judge to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, that wasn't obviously fascist, but, you know, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't. No, it clearly was. Yes. yes there was this kind of Reagan-Thatcher thing that was just unbelievable at the time because there were just these two very very kind of right wing Mm. conservative types it's a bad time for left wing politics yeah I think so I think Mm. it was yeah yeah yeah, so Reagan appointed Sandra Day O'Connor to the US Supreme Court the US Senate voted in favour of adding her with a 99-0 vote the the only person that didn't vote was absent uh (laughs) If they had been there, they'd have voted. Yeah, might have been 100. Would have been 100. Uh, Sandra just became the first female justice. Uh, She was a moderate conservative. She came from Arizona. And um, by 2005, she retired and Justice Samuel Alito replaced her. I think he's like a liberal, but anyway. Uh, Yeah. Um, Do you want to know anything else that happened in 1981? Oh, please. Uh, Raiders as, of the as it is 1981 Raiders of the Lost Ark came out oh what a good movie yep yeah, yeah. George Lucas and S- Steven Spielberg collaborated on that yeah it was a comedy driven action adventure film Harrison Ford was able to finally break away from Star Wars and he must have been <laughs> so happy to do so right and then be typecast as Indiana Jones yeah well, yeah but I, I think he actually kind of like isn't he doing a film again he's doing another one isn't he Maybe like this year or something. I like hope he's so. Filming one, I think he's like eighty now, eighty-five or something. Yeah, I can, yeah, probably is. I can. It's bizarre, isn't it? I, 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 I like Harrison Ford. Oh no, I like him. Mm, yeah. I don't, don't know him really, but I like him. Yeah, I, I have a good impression of him. Yeah. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark became the highest-grossing film of nineteen eighty-one, and it um, also recast and sort of reshaped the idea of archaeology in um, the public's mind. I think as well. I think it popularized it. Oh yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, probably did. Yes, Arche- people definitely studied archaeology because of Indiana Jones. I, I think I think the, the Indiana Jones character was quite quite popular as a kind of an action person, but also when he put his glasses on, yeah, he was suddenly intelligent and mm. could talk about history. Yes, you know, it, did, it helped that he was quite good looking as well. Mm. Yes, as it often does in movies. Uh-huh. And, and they, they, they 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 played that up in, in the film yeah, of so much. They did. Of course they did. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to get some glasses, but I never did. Okay. For that reason. Not that it would make me intelligent or, or anything, really. I've got some news. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, well, I don't know if it's... Well, the Nelson uh, Saturday Market and Monty Sunday Market is open this weekend. Unfortunately, it's Sunday evening, so that's not helpful. But I'm saying it because I'm confident it will be open next weekend. Oh, yeah? okay. 
so you know wear a mask and do all those things and 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 trace your movements yeah yeah uh so that's a sun saturday market nelson saturday market and the mm -hmm. monty sunday market yeah should be open next weekend if it's not please 18th of december complain to jack hamley 18th <laughs> of december uh to saturday market yeah it'll be open okay next week yeah 18th of December 1981 because we were in 1981 yes of course not 2021 yes so any more news uh, uh no you can go ahead and all right here's another band else. from Sheffield uh, this is ABC who who I think were called something called vice versa before and um, this, mm. this a, a kind of electronic kind of punkish band uh, and like the human league and uh, heaven 17 before them they uh, became a polished pop band
ABC and Tears Are Not Enough. Did you like that, Jack? Yeah, that was um, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Not not really really good. No. Oh. No no no. They're, they're, they're good as a band. Yeah yeah. I was thinking about glasses and wearing glasses to look intelligent and of course at my age the only reason to wear glasses is to be intelligent to avoid myself walking into trees and things uh, yes. having conversations well, with lampposts in things. a way that's not to be intelligent but to, to avoid looking uh, um, stupid when you fall over and yeah to avoid looking like a, um, an, an imbecile a fool <laughs> imbecile yes <coughs> thank you Jack I'll try, and, I'll try and do that sure yeah um, the next band is called Scritty Politi mm-hmm and you've got something to say about them. So um, it was founded by main man Green Gartside. He saw the Sex Pistols in 1976. As everyone did. And As everyone did. The and then yeah. was inspired to start a band. Mm. So, yes, we, you, the Sex Pistols were really that important yes. in British music. Mm. Um, the name Squitty Politi is actually a homage to Italian Marxist Antonio Gramsci, but um, was mis- misspelled to be Squitty Politi because in Italian, I think it's Squitty politici mm-hmm. that's actually how you're supposed to yes. say the italian but um they misspelled it to sound like the little richard song tutti frutti oh okay yeah and I then yeah scritti politici became scritti politi right and scritti politici is scritti politi kind of rolls the i think it just nice, means it? um something politics and yeah uh italian yes mm. scritti is writing presumably yeah Something like that, yeah. So when they first started as oh, well, political writings. That's political what it means. Writings, yes. Yeah. So, so the um, Scooty Politi were also a kind of very, kind of, uh, not pop band. You know, they were just like a noisy kind of mishmash of reggae and kind of uh, uh, noises, really. Mm, from uh, Leeds. Yes, uh, and then like all these other bands, suddenly became a kind of pop band, which was a kind of curious thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing wrong with it. Uh, and this is the sweetest girl.
No, Scritty Politty uh, and the Sweetest Girl. Uh, that's all we've got time for. So Jack's woken up and that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this has been Totally Wild on Fresh FM in 1981 and next week will be... In 1982, because uh, that is how time works. It does. We can go back mm. yep. to the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think I want to. No. MTV was founded in 1981. Was it? Yeah. Ah, the brash, start of the music video. Videos, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, videos became the selling point for some singles and stuff, didn't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to end with some some of the Cure, bit of a little gothic stuff. Uh, have a good week, everyone. Good night. Good night.
Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.